Hey baby, can we check some ID? If you're under 18, feel free to keep listening. But remember, baby pink gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal drinking age. Remember to always drink wise. What are the real stories behind successful female-run businesses? Not the ones that started with huge social media accounts, high public profiles or tons of cash. The businesses that actually started from scratch. Sit down as we spill the G&T. Hi everyone and welcome to Spill the G&T podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Weigel, and I'm also the founder and director of Baby Pink Gin. Baby is Australia's premium pink gin that stays pink when mixed. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down with my lovely friend Viv, who is the founder and owner of Burn Candles, that's with a double N. Like me, Viv is a PR and marketing girl who has utilised her skills to start her own business. However, she still works full-time in a marketing role. So we talk all things about how she runs her business as a side hustle, where she wants to take it. So I really hope you enjoy this chat with her and hopefully learn something as I always do when I talk to her. Hi, Viv. How are you? Hello. I am good. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is, um, I'm very excited. This is my first podcast. Yay. And yeah, you only had to come up the road. So that was easy. Yes. <laughs> We're very lucky to have you in your lunch break today, which we'll talk all about that. But firstly, I kind of like to ask everyone at, after a long, hard day's work, what is your go-to drink at the moment? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I love any sort of sour. So mm. I love a whiskey or a gin sour. Mm. I think they're so delicious, but I kind of prefer having them out because I can never make them as good as at home. So what do you usually pour at home? Do you usually give the sour a go? Like, do you have any recipes for us? I've attempted it and the shaker has, the lid has flown off on me. So we had a bit of a mess, but um, <laughs> if it's just a weeknight thing, probably just like a cider in the fridge, yeah. to be honest, something yeah. quick and easy. Something easy, yeah. yeah. The usual order is a sour. Yeah, love that. Yeah. So I thought we would just talk about kind of how we know each other. Obviously, you own Burn Candles and you create our fabulous custom candles, which we have online in our date night packs and our birthday packs and whatnot, and they're amazing. But how do you remember us getting in touch Yes, I think I've reached out to you. I saw that you were doing a competition with, I think, eight Melbs. Yeah. Yes, this was a while ago. Mm. And this was when I kind of first started after I had done my first custom candle for a local company, um, sorry, a local Pilates studio in Melbourne. And I just loved that experience so much that I wanted to reach out to some more local Melbourne businesses to see if they would like to offer a candle in their, I guess, product range. Yeah. And I thought that was a great idea. Um, Yeah. I remember you you pitched it to me and I was immediately like, yes, like I definitely want to do that because it was a perfect time because I was thinking about expanding our range to include, you know, our packs, which are going to have tonic. And originally it was just going to be, you know, how to make a gin and tonic, but the candles are so great and they're perfect for, you know, when you're drinking a baby pink gin and people absolutely love them. Oh, thank um, you. And then we kind of realised that we had a few mutual friends. Totally. Yes. <laughs> I reached out because A, I absolutely loved your branding and I thought it was just something that 
I hadn't seen before. So Thank you. it was just such a great thing to see, especially a local Melbourne-based business. Thank women you. Women ra- like run by a woman and um, I was just excited to see if there was an opportunity there to create something really magical for you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you reached out. And then I guess we got talking and realised that um, we both actually have really similar career paths coming from the yes. PR and marketing backgrounds yes. that we, we both still work in, interesting enough. So, yeah, we've both kind of harnessed our PR and marketing skills to create our own businesses. So take us through your career path to date. What what have sure. you done leading up to now? Yeah, so I studied at RMIT. I did a Bachelor of Business Marketing. This feels like years ago, which, which <laughs> no. it was, but it feels like almost a lifetime ago. And I started interning at an agency, just trying to get my foot in the door somewhere because it was really hard. I actually finished halfway throughout the year. Mm. So I deferred for a semester, did a bit of traveling when we could travel yep. back, back in the day. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I started off in agency, did that for a couple of years and I moved in-house and I've just been in marketing specifically digital and social media since. And so you started Burn at your old job, then you had a couple of months, was it a couple of months between jobs and COVID and now you have another job. Yes. But obviously you still run Burn and you decided to start Burn when you had a full-time job. So I would love to get your advice for other women wanting to start a side hustle alongside their full-time job because a lot of us can't just quit our jobs and start a business. So how do you juggle that? Take us through everything. Totally. So I guess I started Burn when we were still working from home. Lockdown had started and I guess everyone had a lot of spare time. So Burn actually started from just a hobby, one of those weekend lockdown how not how to sorry um weekend tasks like DIYs. Yeah. yeah and I just really enjoyed it this was around I'm gonna say April or like no March or April I was creating a bunch of candles just giving them out to friends and family and then Mother's Day was in May and I had a few friends reach out and this was when shops were shut it was really hard to just get gifts online shopping wasn't really a huge thing just yet And a lot of friends asked if they could just purchase some little candles for their mums. And I thought, you know what, like, let's just give this a go. I didn't really have months of planning, didn't have a logo, didn't have branding. It was just very much, let's just sell some candles. And from there, it kind of just took off. I had a moment where I was kind of like, do I want to invest in this and actually see where it goes? Or is it just a little lockdown hobby Um, business. A few months later, I decided to get designing on some labels, some packaging, actually create a proper website for it because I was just selling on Instagram. And here I am now still selling and it's been really great. I've yeah, enjoyed it a lot. So it wasn't really planned. It was very organic and there was just a want for it. Totally. So, so I just kind of rolled with it. And back to your question about how I was balancing it with work, I guess, working from home made it a lot easier. I am a list writer. I'm very, not OCD, but I like to just plan out my weeks. So that really helps if you're juggling two things at once. I find that I dedicate, you know, most of the week for my full-time job and then I'll have some afternoons if I get to finish work a bit earlier or, you know, working from home, I don't take a full lunch break. I might do 
half an hour of a lunch break and half an hour making candles. Yeah. For me, it was a hobby and I actually enjoy doing it. And then throughout weekends, that's where I can try and make more candles. I guess all my products are handmade, so inventory is really based on how much I can pump out. Do you still enjoy it? I mean, has it become more of a chore? Is it still a hobby that you love to do? It's still a hobby, very much so. I always said that I never want it to be a chore. I... And as soon as it starts feeling like a chore, I think that's when you know that you're overdoing it and you're probably down the path of being a bit burnt out. Mm. So for me, it's just not necessarily picking and choosing my battles, but more so just being realistic with what I have on my plate. Yeah. And trying to balance that as best as I can. Yeah. So there really is no plan to take burn as a as a full time thing. You obviously did it as a full time thing in in lockdown, but still wanted to go back to marketing and full time jobs. So it will there's no plan to ever take it full time. Not yet. I definitely am not gonna say no. I'm a very open book and if the opportunity comes along or something does If there is an opportunity, then I'll definitely say yes to it. But I still think I'm quite early on in my marketing career. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot more for me to learn. Mm. So for the time being, it's still just going to be a little side hobby. Mm. I'm not even going to call it a side business. Oh, it is. It is a business. Yeah, true. (laughs) But um, it's, yeah. Not not anytime soon. And this is a bit of a blatant question that I've always wondered, but obviously there, there are a lot of candle products out there. There's some big candle businesses and there's lots of um, hobby candle businesses. So when you got to that stage where you did decide to create a logo and a website and stuff like that, why did you decide to enter such a crowded market? Like what gave you the confidence to know that you could provide something that was different to everything that's already out there? Yes, I love this question. And a lot of my friends and family did ask this because candles are such a product that is readily available. You can get candles anywhere. For me, it was very much so creating a product that I thought was somewhat missing in the market. I feel like I'm very big on Lux for Less. Yes. And with something like a candle that you want to burn every day, you do go through quite quickly, I thought that there was that aspect missing. In yeah, the that's industry. so interesting. I've never really given it much thought, but now that I'm thinking about it, I have so many expensive candles that I've never burned exactly. and probably never will burn. I would love to, but they are so expensive. And so the ones that end up getting burnt are, um, yeah, cheapy ones. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think that was something that I noticed in myself as well. When I bought an expensive candle, it would sort of sit there as display rather yeah. than being used as a candle that was meant to be burnt. So for me... I kind of just took a step back, did a bit of a competitor analysis, as you do, and just wanted to see what was missing there. And for me, I heard this somewhere, and I can't remember where, but it was a, um, not sure if it was a podcast or something, but it was saying that, let's just take like Rihanna as an example, right? Mm -hmm. She is super successful with her Fenty beauty line, Fenty skin line, Savage Fenty lingerie line. And she kind of came into the market a bit later on and there were already huge players in the market for skincare, makeup and lingerie. Let's just say Victoria's Secret. But she still managed to do so well. And I think that's because she offered something that was different something that the people wanted and really backed her product. Mm. And so that's what I kind of try to 
bring myself to think every time I question whether it's already been done or it's a saturated market. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, people are always looking for the newest and greatest thing, which is good when you are the newest and greatest yeah. thing, but you have to keep evolving, obviously. Totally. So people are always looking to discover new brands, and especially, I guess, at that time, local brands, woman-owned brands, mm-hmm. which, of course, we love. So, yeah, it was obviously the perfect time to start, and it's so nice that you've just been able to continue. Thank you. Yes, it's been good. I'm excited to see what's to come. Mm. It's definitely been different already this year compared to the last two years. I have noticed that I guess the consumer definitely are now buying more as gifts as opposed to buying for themselves. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's the same with your baby gin. Absolutely. It's interesting when you're on the other side of it and you notice these trends, it's... um, it's something to think about when you're planning future, I guess, product launches or campaigns. So. You mentioned earlier that obviously the stock is based on your time and your man hours. So how do you manage the demand to, you know, not get too overwhelming? Obviously, sure. you want it to be successful, but not so much so that you literally can't keep up. So sure. how have you been able to kind of draw the line and kind of balance on that line? Yeah, so... I do this, I do burn by myself. So I guess there's no real, um, there's no other person there in my ear saying, where's the product? Why is there zero inventory, et cetera, et cetera. I've learned to be accepting of the fact that if I can't keep up with demand, then the website might not have stock of that product for that week or vice versa. If I have all this time in the world, then let's use that time to get as much candles poured as possible. Mm. But I'm not too harsh on myself. And I think that's a really important message to everyone who's doing Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't be too harsh on yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you won't be able to keep up, but totally. that's, you know, a good thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you look at it from a positive way of thinking, it's a good thing. Yeah. So just changing gears a bit now, you obviously make our custom candles, which our customers have totally fallen in love with, as I mentioned, as have all of my friends and family and myself. I don't know if it's just to be polite when I go over, but whenever I go over to someone's house, they've got the baby candle. That's so funny because whenever I go to a friend's house, they've got one of my burned candles burning as well. And it's like, that's really sweet. But that goes to show how supportive like your network can be. Yeah. It's as little as lighting you know, your product or you um, having your bottle of gin on their bar stand or something. It's really sweet. It's really nice to see it in people's everyday lives. And so this is a great sales tactic for local businesses that larger candle companies obviously can't provide, like you just reaching out to me and saying, hey, I'd love to make some custom candles. Where did you get that idea? And other than Baby Pink Gin, what businesses have you worked with so far and what would be like your dream collaboration here? Yeah, good question. Um... The first custom candle that I created was for a local Pilates studio, which I think I mentioned earlier. I actually received a few um, messages because she was looking for a candle maker and she posted it on her Instagram stories or something. And I just thought, you know what, let's just reach out, not really knowing what she was after, hadn't really created a custom candle before. And I just love the whole process of it. I guess with... The candles that I provide, there's one look and feel. So when I do custom candles, it's really nice to 
I guess, use different colours, different branding, different scents as well, which is always a lot of fun. So we created a candle for her Pilates studio. And this was in the midst of lockdown when online classes were the only thing that people could do. (laughs) And she burns a signature scent in her studio. So she wanted that scent in a candle that her members could use at home before they start a Pilates session. That's such a good idea because, as yes. we all know, scent holds the um, most amount of memories and totally. readily available memories. So I think yes. that's an amazing idea. And especially for a time where we, were all, we all felt so isolated, mm. it was such a great way to connect everyone. So after that project, I just thought, you know what, let's just reach out to some really cool businesses that I thought didn't necessarily offer a scent or a fragrance or anything and see if that was something that they would be interested in. So I've worked with um, a florist. I've done a bunch of custom candles for different events. So I've done weddings, um, baby showers. I've done your candle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just trying to think. We recently did one for a skincare brand and Mm -hmm. they were used in little like PR gifting boxes yeah which were really fun and yeah and I know when you were helping me with mine we both went through the process of finding a vessel for it Mm. creating the color and also doing the labels so obviously that is a kind of separate process to just developing the wax and pouring it so how have you found learning about all of that kind of um uh, packaging side of yeah. things. So I, with all my custom candles, I don't necessarily have like a catalogue where it's like, mm. pick a vessel, pick your scent. I want it to be truly customised to you and your brand. Mm. And that's why I think the first time we spoke, I was like, let's just jump on a phone call. It's probably the easiest thing to do. And let's just chat through what ideas you have. Yeah. And so once I sort of gauge what the customer is after, I go off and see what's achievable on my end. I guess I'm a small Melbourne business. I don't have the resources that a big candle company might usually have. Mm. So I'm very honest with the person that I'm working with that, you know, this might be achievable, this might not be achievable. And I'm really transparent with them from the get-go. In terms of packaging, there's a few things that you can do like a lot of the brands that I've worked with will just go with the generic box and pop like a label or a sticker on. And that way it ties in really, ties in really well with their branding. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a business where I've just given them the candle because they wanted to print uh, their own packaging. Yep. And so with little things like printing your own packaging, there are minimum order quantities that I can't achieve on my end unless it's something that if we're talking like thousands of quantities then fair enough but yeah oh yeah I mean I constantly find that stuff so interesting I love learning about like sourcing new packaging and developing new packaging another service that you offer to um just everyday customers not just businesses is of course your refill service which I think is an amazing idea take our listeners through the process of what you offer and also how they can clean out their current candles or old used candles and then what you do with them sure so um, in my day-to-day I actually work in the beauty industry and I know I've noticed that 
The emerging trend of just sustainability is at the forefront and the pillar of so many brands now. And it ha- it kind of has to be. In the yeah. world that we live in now, that should be one of your, you know, focuses. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of brands now offering refillable beauty products. And so I just thought, how could I do this with candles? Mm. And at the moment, the process is if you've purchased a candle from us, feel free to bring it back and we can refill it for you at a cheaper price or um, any jar you have at home from any other brands. I'm happy to refill that for you because I feel like those jars end up going to waste. Like there's Absolutely. Like you might use them for makeup brushes or something else, but half the time I can't clean them out. I would love your tips on that. But yeah, um, it's such a great idea. Totally. Like there's only so many pen holders and makeup brush holders you can have. But um, for someone who's listening at home, the quickest way to clean it out is just some pour some boiling hot water in and you'll notice that all the wax will slowly um, rise to the top, wait for it to cool, and you can basically just pop the wax out, mm. empty the water, and wash it like you would your dishes with some soap and warm water. It's as easy as that. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those things that... I guess if you're not a candle maker or don't clean out your candle jars, it's a bit daunting because it's wax and you just think that would go everywhere. But yes, super simple and definitely recommend, please, everyone clean out your candle jars. (laughs) Yes. I feel like, I mean, I've done it with your process now, but in the past, I think I'm just very impatient. I probably tried to put like hot water with a sponge and it just ends up (laughs) smearing it everywhere and then you just it's just disgusting and you just throw it out immediately (laughs) just like I give up no we're not doing this you just gotta leave it to cool (laughs) ladies just leave it alone yes (laughs) let it do its thing even do it the night before wake up and it'll be ready to go and do you have um kind of a size limit on that like I'm just thinking for myself like what else can she fill with what yes I've I've had people come with like three litre jars that were previously like used as a vase. Yes. So anything that's glass that can withhold um, high heat is usually a a vessel that you can use for candle making. How cool. So if there's something sitting in your home that you're like, oh, this would be really cool as a candle, reach out. I'd love to refill or fill that up for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And kind of on that, I would love to pick your brain about um, trends. I usually do pick our guest brain about, you know, the trends in their industry. And obviously candles go through so many trends. I mean, we've seen, you know, um, the more pastel-y colours coming out, the various um, shapes and sizes and things. What do you see as an upcoming trend in candles? Yeah, sure. So it's funny that you mentioned shapes. I feel like pillar candles are really big at the moment. Yeah. People are loving that just to decorate their homes with. And through lockdown, people were having dinner parties. So I think that's still a thing that people, or especially I'm doing still. Mm -hmm. And so pillar candles for decorating. Another trend in the candle industry. Uh, Hmm. Maybe scents that are natural. Yeah. I think... People are very aware of what they put in their bodies, what they use in their homes now. So making sure that all the ingredients are clean is yes. very important. That's interesting. I was going to raise this with you, but I wasn't sure. Yes. I read an article um, the other day about 
yeah, how candles can potentially be bad for you. Yes. Um, so that's not every candle. No, and I think a lot of people don't know this, but it really comes down to the wax that's used okay. and it comes down to the fragrance oils that are used. So with all our candles, we use 100% soy wax, which is renewable and it's made from soybeans. Mm. Whereas a lot of, uh, I wouldn't even say big companies, but a lot of people who don't really care about what their candles are made of will use a paraffin wax, which is just a very cheap alternative. Mm. It's basically a byproduct of petroleum. So yeah. just imagine burning that and you're inhaling that in your home every day. Like it's not good for you. Yeah. And when you're someone like me, especially in lockdown or over the weekend, you, like, you pretty much have a candle burning all the time. Same. Same. So, you know, I'm not a <laughs> not a smoker. I'm pretty good with my body and well, what goes into it. So It's funny that you mentioned that because the candles that are made from paraffin wax, you're basically smoking. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, so next time you buy a candle, just lift it up, have a look at the ingredients. Usually if a brand doesn't really tell you what it's made of, then maybe that's the first red flag. Mm. But if you see paraffin wax, I would stay away from that. <laughs> so we're looking for soy, we're anything for else? Soy. Um, any any form of natural wax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting and <laughs> controversial. I'm going to go home and look at all my candles. I mean, most of them are burn candles. Oh, and then the other ones, as I said, I don't even burn. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, maybe the ones that are made from paraffin, they can be the display candles. Exactly. They can just be on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chinky is, again, I always love to ask our guests what business management systems yeah. they use. Obviously, you have um, kept your business not small, but compact to you. So you're not having to manage, you know, warehouses or employees or anything like that. But what systems do you use that just make it a little bit easier to run your business? Because obviously you're strapped for time. Yeah, sure. So when I was creating my website, I have no background of websites, creating them, coding, none of that. So that was a whole new world for me. And a lot of it was just done through YouTube tutorials, mm -hmm. reaching out to my network to see if anyone had experience on how to do that. And a lot of the recommendations were with Shopify. Yeah, I feel like it's a really user-friendly e-commerce platform. And everything that I read was just pointing to Shopify for someone who was starting a small business like me. Um, I did explore Etsy because it is for, I guess, makers, creators, mm. arts and craft, but I wanted something that was a bit more exclusive, whereas I feel like Etsy kind of gives me eBay vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so went with Shopify and the first website that I created was just with the help of a friend. We put it together and it was very minimal. It was enough for me to sell. It was enough for me to showcase my product. Mm. And I'm going to say maybe like six months to a year after that, I just decided that I wanted something to reflect my brand a bit more. So when people go to the website, it's a true representation of the look and feel of yeah. what you would expect when you receive a burn candle. So Shopify, number one, 100% recommend. In terms of shipping out my product, I use Sendle. Um, they 
oh, I forget what the term is, but I think they offset each package. Mm -hmm. So it's carbon neutral, Mm -hmm. which I really loved. And their system is very user-friendly as well. So I was able to connect that to Shopify and it's just an easy, like an order comes through, I'm able to process it, I can pack it at home and I can either get Sendle to come pick them up from me or if I'm driving to work and I pass a Sendle drop-off, then I'll just drop off all the packages. Yeah. So that's how I kind of streamline my process of orders and, yeah. I love Shopify and Sendle as well, Um, especially in lockdown, having them to just come and pick it up. It's so handy. Um, And, like, the drop-off points or anything from a post office to like a storage center to sometimes like a car workshop or something like there's they're everywhere they are (laughs) the one that was near my old work was just a news agency yeah you can just drop it off you don't need to process anything they scan it they do it all the one that I go to now is a storage unit or storage center and same thing you just drop it off and they handle all the rest yeah it's random, but it's easy. It is. And so in terms of um, channels, what drives the most sales for you at the moment? I know you're pretty big on Instagram. Sure. Is that where you're seeing most Because with Shopify, you can see where they're coming from. Are you seeing most still come through Instagram? Do you do Google ads? Yeah. So when I first started, I kind of sat back and was like, do I want to run ads? Where am I taking this? And I think... I decided that I just wanted to do everything organically Mm -hmm. just because I wasn't in the position to run crazy ads that I would want to, Yeah. but also because I was doing this part-time, you know what I mean? So there were certain aspects that weren't necessarily at the level that I wanted them to be before running ads. A lot of my communications go through Instagram and I just, I'm a visual person and I love that platform because it's got a bit of everything you can connect with your community it's visual there's dynamic content on there so I mainly promote on Instagram yeah and I find that when I engage with my community that's when the spikes of sales come through like I think people just want to see and learn like what's happening behind the scenes yes and sort of see that as, like that human aspect behind a business. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do TikTok or anything like that? No. So I did start a TikTok, but yeah, I I do social media for my full-time yes. job. And to be completely honest, like when I come home, the last thing I want to do is some more social media. Like I need to have that disconnect. Otherwise I will be burnt out. <laughs> I totally understand and can relate and probably am burnt out. Aww. But TikTok is so great for showing that behind the scenes content. It's incredible. People want to see it. The algorithm on TikTok is just something that I am still trying to wrap my head around because it's so incredible. And especially for small businesses who just want to get their brand out there, 100% jump onto TikTok. If I was doing burn full time and I had the time to film everything, I would be on TikTok, maybe one video a day. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do a lot of, yeah, that behind the scenes content, but also educational content. Mm-hmm. I know you've already done content on how to clean out your old candles and stuff like that, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally get just keeping it all to one platform. Otherwise it just gets <laughs> yeah. just too much. It does. And I'm a person that likes to do things really well. Yeah. So I'd rather just stick to one platform, do that well and be happy with, you know, what I'm producing as opposed to spreading myself a bit too thin. So, yeah. yeah. I totally get that. 
I would, of course, love to know, you know, what you're manifesting at the moment. I don't yes. know if you're a believer in manifestation. I'm a very big believer <laughs> in manifestation. And so I would love to do just a quick manifest if we were to get you back on this podcast in a year. Sure. Where would you like to be? And you're welcome to talk about your other job as well or burn. You yes. know, what would you like to have done? Where, where do you want to be? So I think for Burn, I would love to be stocked in a few stores. Yep. That's definitely something that I'm trying to explore at the moment and what that looks like. I'm not too sure yet, so I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. In terms of hmm, other things, I have explored markets because I really like speaking and talking to the customers that buy my candles. Like yes. we have little conversations in the DMs and sometimes they'll reach out and ask me, how do I refill the lighter? How do I clean out the jars? When are you restocking such and such? So I really like having those moments. And I think if I was to do markets, I'd be able to meet more people mm -hmm. and actually have conversations in real life. And people love to meet you and yes. I love to meet the person behind the business, especially because you're literally the one doing everything, including pouring the candles. <laughs> so people just love that. I think markets are a great idea. Yeah. So I think in a year's time, maybe a couple of markets stocked in a couple of places, whether that be local or interstate, that would be great. Mm. I mean, there might be people listening. What kind of retailers are we looking for? Oh gosh. What kind of retailers? I'm open, honestly. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really thought about I mean, the first thing that you think of would be like a gifting arts and crafts store. It just seems like a good alignment. But I guess with Burn, I try to be a bit different. So like whether it be a really beautiful skin skin care clinic or a spa, um, cafes even. Yeah. I feel like, you know, sometimes you go to cafes, you see a whole wall of their products and there's randomly a candle there or totally. there's just little things that people can grab as gifts that aren't at a gift store. Yep. So we'll see. Exciting. <laughs> oh, I just love that question because I love hearing what's going on in the back of people's minds. Yes. So hopefully we can get you back on in a year and be talking all oh, about all the retailers you. you're in and I would be <laughs> all the markets you've done. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you so much, Viv, for coming in. Thank you for having me. It was so interesting talking to you as always. I love picking your brain and hearing all about, you know, how, how the business is running. So oh, thank you. And we always have such great conversations. We're always sending each other inspiration <laughs> yes. so it was just nice to sit here and talk about it yeah it was fun all right well thank you so much for spilling the gnt and i will see you soon thanks guys <laughs> see you later this episode of spill the gnt is brought to you by baby pink gin australia's award-winning premium pink gin we like to keep our baby girls hydrated, so use the code SPILL10 to get 10% off all orders at babypinkgin.com. Find new episodes of the podcast every second Wednesday at midday. Make sure to hit the follow button or subscribe wherever you're listening. And last but not least, stay up to date by following at Spill the GNT Podcast on Instagram or visit at babypinkgin on all social platforms. See you next time, baby! Baby Pink Gin does not condone the act of binge drinking or excessive alcohol consumption. Baby Pink Gin should never be consumed by anybody under the legal age of drinking. Remember to always drink wise and sip, don't scull. 
For more information on safe drinking practices, visit drinkwise.com.au.